0: Welcome to another podcast from the Royal College of Psychiatrists. My name is Raj Pasoor, and I'm a consultant psychiatrist based at the Bethlehem Royal and Maudsley Hospitals in South London. I'm joined today here at the headquarters of the Royal College of Psychiatrists at 17 Belgrave Square in the middle of London by Stephen Marwar who uh, was formerly a clinical lecturer at University College London and has published a fascinating paper in the July edition of the British Journal of Psychiatry. Uh, with some co-authors, many of them based at University College London. And the title of the paper is Rates and Correlates of Employment in People with Schizophrenia in the UK, France and Germany. So, uh, Stephen, before we talk about the paper itself, why were you interested in this subject? Why is this important, uh, employment rates uh, in people with schizophrenia?
1: Well, I think the first thing to say is that people with schizophrenia say that they want to work and most commonly they want to do jobs that people without schizophrenia do. So that's the first thing. The second thing is, in general, unemployment is pretty bad for us. Um, It's associated with cardiac disease, associated with depression, uh, associated with greater morbidity or mortality. Um, So it's generally unpleasant. And on the flip side, um, employment is generally pretty good for us. So as, as long as it's the right kind of employment, so it's improves our self-esteem It obviously gives us some finances. There's also some other things that employment does, such as giving us a a collective purpose, emotional contacts outside of the family. But broadly speaking, we know that employment rates in people with schizophrenia are relatively low. So recent European estimates have been around 8 to 35%. At least the average, anyway, is a little more in the States. It's... it's... Far more in developed countries, interestingly, where um, the social welfare system isn't so developed.
0: So let's now talk about this paper. Basically, this paper seems to be an attempt to look at employment rates of people with schizophrenia across three countries, UK, France and Germany. Why were you interested in doing that?
1: To explore the employment patterns, really. Nearly all previous studies have looked at employment rates in particular defined populations, often in randomised control trials or vocational rehabilitation centres, but they've always been in one country. Um, And so uh, one of the interesting things about being able to look at cross-national rates is that you can then try to link social policy or availability of services Um, to the employment rates. Um, It's also a very large sample in this um, study, probably larger than lots of other uh, recent papers, and it just means there's enough data to have a substantial look at the variables associated with employment.
0: So how did you go about conducting the study?
1: Well, I have to say, first of all, that I had absolutely nothing to do with the design or methodology of the study. I was just lucky enough to be given the data set after it had been completed. So um, the, the the study is called the EuroSC study. It's a two-year naturalistic cohort study, which basically means that it, it looked at um, samples of people with schizophrenia who were representative of... Uh, people looked after in secondary healthcare systems in the UK, France, and Germany. And how were they selected? Because you
0: were focusing on people with schizophrenia.
1: Yes. Yeah, so um, centers were identified. So there was three centers in France in the north, south, and and in central areas. Uh, one center in the former East Germany, and two centers in the former West. And in the UK, the centers were. Uh, Leicester and London. Now, the centres were picked partly because they they are different. They're not the centres weren't picked so that there's a, a very large pool of exactly the same uh, patients. Because the point of the study is to look at if urban areas have higher rates of this, that, and the other to others. The, the patients were from community mental health teams in those areas, and there was either a random sample from lists of patients with schizophrenia uh, that the centres already kept, or there was something called exhaustive exc- inclusion which, in which you aim to get every single person um, in the area who has that condition. The really interesting thing about the paper, uh, uh, from my standpoint, was the fact that you got
0: an incredible amount of detail about the jobs that people had, it seemed to me.
1: Yes. um, I uh, I think having done a review on the employment rates of people with schizophrenia, one of the things that came up was that It's never really very clear what people with schizophrenia are doing in previous studies, Um, You know how often they work, what they're being paid, although we didn't directly address that in this paper, Um, but also their job titles. You never really know the nature of the occupations that people have, and that was available from, from this data set.
0: Now, the striking result that comes through is the fact that actually rates of employment seem to vary dramatically depending on the country that you're in.
1: Yes yeah, so um overall the employment rate was around 20% in if you pulled all the people in in the three countries but it varied so and I mean unfortunately we were beat by the Germans so in in Germany the the employment rate was around 30% and in the UK about 11 and France was pretty much that as well but if if you then looked at the centers Um, Hilbrunn, which is one of the German centres, had an employment rate of six times that in London, uh, probably more than six times. Actually, I think it was was about ten times, in fact. But didn't we in Britain do worse than the French as well? From memory, I think we did do worse, although I don't think the the differences between the UK and French samples in, in terms of the employment rates was as substantial as the differences between UK and France and Germany. Why were the Germans doing so much better? I think it's probably explained by a variety of reasons. That The, the German people with schizophrenia had high rates of employment if uh, using a broad definition, so that's people in uh, supported employment schemes and sheltered workshops as well as people who were on the open market. There's probably something about their social welfare policy, so it's it is likely that it's more possible in Germany to um, earn higher levels of income before your welfare benefits are reduced. It's also the case in Germany that there's a law which requires companies to employ a certain amount of people that would be categorized as disabled, so the availability of open competitive employment is probably greater because it's mandated through central government. I think the other thing is that in looking at the nature of the work that people did, there was far more sheltered employment or supported social firms in Germany. So um, at least part of the difference is explained by that. And that was backed up by some of the data, associated data we collected on the level of services in the three countries and the level of services for getting people back to work or in some form of work were greater in Germany than they were in the other two centres.
0: It feels to me that this is a very, very striking difference between Germany and England and actually a very worrying uh, disparity. What, are you, what were your thoughts about
1: it? I think it's profoundly worrying. I mean, firstly, the cost of having um, so many people with serious mental illness um, unemployed is very, very large. I mean, the personal cost to them is extremely large as well. Unemployment is associated with social exclusion. Um, you're not really part of... or people may feel they're not really part of society when they're not working. And as I said before, people actually do want to work. The other
0: thing that one wonders about with this kind of study is whether you can tell something from your data about the kind of person with schizophrenia that's more likely to end up with work. There's been some controversy about whether particular symptoms make it less likely uh, people with schizophrenia are going to be working.
1: Sure. So... uh, in previous studies, there has been—it's been fairly inconsistent—what um, people say the effect of positive and negative symptoms or general psychopathology symptoms are uh, on on the effects of work. So there's there's actually a number of fairly powerful figures in this field based in the states, some of whom say that symptoms are extremely important in explaining employment rates, uh, whereas others. Um, especially the proponents of a supported employment model called individual placement support say that they're they're rather irrelevant. So we did have a look at that in in this study, and we assessed um, summary scores for positive and negative symptoms, and also general th- psychopathology symptoms. And we found that in the final logistic regression the negative and positive symptoms weren't really very significant. They weren't important in explaining employment rate. But the um, general psychopathology symptoms were, and and to me that has some face validity really, I suppose. The, The general psychopathology symptoms are... Um, aspects like social avoidance, impulse control, anxiety and depression. And it's fairly obvious, if, you, if you're socially avoidant or you're anxious in public transport, that you're not really going to be able to get to work for a start. And when you're there, you're not really going to be able to function with colleagues.
0: The detail you had on the kind of work people were doing, did that help us think about what kind of employment would be best for people with schizophrenia. You hint in the paper that there's some evidence that jobs that involve interacting a lot with other people may not be such a hot idea for people with schizophrenia. schizophrenia.
1: Well, I I wouldn't be so bold as to say that I knew which jobs were best, but it it is fairly clear from this study and also from other relevant studies that people with schizophrenia... um, ...often end up doing what I describe as elementary jobs or or semi-skilled jobs. So they normally uh, don't have very much employment rights. They're normally short-term and they're normally labour-intensive. So... It is the case that most people were doing those kinds of work. But but the paper also shows that people with schizophrenia, those that work, can actually work in all sections of the job market.
0: So um, where do we go from here? Are you doing any other projects that are linked to looking at employment with schizophrenia?
1: Um, certainly I've done a analysis of the follow-up data. Um, using the, the whole two-year data looking at factors that explain getting a job but also losing a job and the latter is something w- in which there's practically no research on um, or, or very minimal research and the other piece of work that I'm doing at the moment specifically is looking at staff attitudes uh, so the attitudes of people with uh, people who work in community mental health teams with regards to work because certainly clinically There's often some reluctance to accept that people um, should have a job, or they should be at least helped to get a job if they want a job. And there's often an emphasis on, um, perhaps rightly in some situations, making sure that people get all the benefits that they're entitled to. But that may weigh people's minds towards not getting employment.
0: The classic situation that many clinical psychiatrists like myself are faced with is you have a patient that's about to be discharged from the ward and they or their relatives say, when can he or she go back to work, doctor, or uh, should they go back to work? But there seems to be a natural tendency in the clinical culture to be very um, uh, wary of encouraging too dramatic A return to work and uh, I've often found that a bit perplexing given particularly uh, you started off at the beginning saying works good for us Um, and so what are your thoughts about
1: that? Well I think I I completely agree with the uh, worry that people have. I have similar worries myself but uh, I think there's There is some evidence that suggests that mental health professionals in particular are quite protective over their patients and obviously and understandably don't want their patients to get worse. And underlying that is possibly a belief that work might make people ill. Um, And really there's, there's no evidence that people going back to work... Uh, will make them ill. I mean, clearly, everyone's an individual and you have to think about the individual person in front of you. But broadly speaking, the notion of work making, um, going back to work making a person with schizophrenia have a psychotic relapse is practically non existent. I think the other thing is that one of the most powerful models to get people back to work, called individual placement and support, or at least uh, the, one of the most well researched. Gets people back to work as quickly as possible. Um, the whole point of the model is not for people to have pre-vocational training, um, a lengthy period of transitional empo- employment. And that doesn't, the, the, the research in that field doesn't suggest that getting people back to work quickly um, produces a relapse of their symptoms.
0: Stephen Marwaha, thank you very much indeed. Thank you.